Hello and welcome to the Downloadable Concept Podcast, ruling over the third layer of hell, where gluttony and greed hold sway. It's... <laughs> she gave me a look. Uh, it's Munchlaxebub. Munchlax's belly is slightly empty. Munchlax is about to faint from lack of food. Ruling over the rolling realms and the cities of chains, straps, and other curious things, it's Jebonia of the Eyebrow Waggle. So. And I, your guide through these layers of terrible and torturous domains, am Talinli. Hey, how y'all doing? So you've been making yeah. the... You, little bit. Well, I mean, his talent's been on Reddit lately, so... <laughs> <laughs> if you got to hold your nose and deal with one social network, we, we decided to split the load. Fox handles Facebook and I handle Reddit. Hello, yeah. Fox. What have you been playing? Nothing. Next. <laughs> Talon, what have you been playing? Uh, so I've been on what was what I'll, what I'll subtitle as the Jeb Was Right 2017 Tour. Because <laughs> last night I installed Snakebird. And you... Oh, I saw some of this. This was cute. <laughs> and you haven't stopped playing it? I got to bed at two in the morning. <laughs> when I... I'm not good at Snakebird. When I first looked over, I thought it was a bear snake. So I spent the first out of ten minutes being like, I mean, yeah, but... Oh. I yeah. think it was a bear. It was just such a, such a silly thing to be disappointed about. <laughs> but the the uh, so so flashback for the listener. Jeb remarked on uh, Snakebird two years ago now in the podcast and liked it a lot and commented. I thought, on, it was, on thought it was last year. It wasn't Hex sells good last year? Okay, um, but a while ago and commented that it was really good and liked it. And everything Jeb says holds. It's it's a, a good kind of puzzle. It's really engaging. And there are moments of, oh, whenever you solve anything. What Jeb didn't mention to me is the interface on Snakebird is so good. Yeah? Whenever you... Just, just responsive feedback from the game. The bird's expression hints at what's <laughs> going on. Like, when you can tell that you've got no moves left and anything will heck it over, it looks really worried. <laughs> or when you move too close to a fruit and don't give it to it, it's like, oh, but it's got this kind of, ah oh, expression. It's what makes it make the really flat, judgy face at you? When you repeat an action, I think. <laughs> I think if you just sit there spinning your wheels, it just gives you this look of like, you got oh, nothing, do you? It's beautiful. You got nothing. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, Snakebird is in that category of games. I don't know if I'll ever finish it. Because I think that it's just, uh, I'm going to hit a point where the puzzles are too hard for me to engage with quickly. But at the same time, it is so good looking. It feels so nice to play. And it is so cute. Just so it's cute. Adorable. <laughs> snake bird. <laughs> it is, re- it's not a, it's not a bear snake, but it is really cute. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, this is in addition to continuing to play Sproggy Wood. So again, Which Jeb was also. right. Uh, yeah, that that's pretty much what I've been going on with uh, in in my play experience. Amongst other bigger things, I will talk about more at another time. <gasps> Secretive talent. Yes. Uh, well, just like you know, I I don't know if there's anything useful to say about a game that I've only just started. That kind of stuff. Um, actually, you know what? Heck with it. Uh, Soulcaster. Okay. Soulcaster one and two, which are by uh, Magical Time Bean. Um, people behind a scapegoat. Um, I don't think uh, anyone I know worked on it directly, uh, but it's a it's a neat little 
tower defense-ish kind of game where the point is that you are a a wizard who can who can free the souls of people but and put them down again and this means that you are meeting adventurers and you can put it's it's, it's they're, they're towers but they're towers with an actual personality like they've got a character and you can talk to them and level them up and stuff um and crucially the paths you're trying to use to stop people getting to you getting to the end goal it's you and you can move around so you can like choose to reposition your entire lane strategy as things are coming at you so what you're like posting npcs yeah yeah on the spot but they're statues like they can't go anywhere so they've got to stay there this is weird it is really weird um it's got a lovely low-res pixely style to it so very much you know a face is four pixels of a color and therefore you kind of don't have you have to do a lot of interpreting of how characters look um and your wizard does kind of schlep around very slowly but it's still you know moving and one of the characters the first character you get is a noble archer and the second character you get is a tough knight who has a shield and that protects them the third character chucks bombs (laughs) and uh, remarks that they can occasionally blow up their friends sorry (laughs) i i don't know if soulcaster is a great game yet um i've only played a little of it and it's it's just that little bit tricky that I feel like it, I'm not going to be the best person to comment on it, but I do like it. And you do get Soulcaster 1 and 2 when you buy it on Steam at a really low price. It's, it's quite affordable. Wait. Yeah. Hang on. It, you, you, you said this at the top end, but I, I sort of, it went past quickly and I didn't. Are you pulling things souls out and making them into tower defense statues? No. Yes. The souls were already haunting statues and then they're like, hey, help. Oh, okay, okay. That that's mm-hmm. not bad. Okay. You don't. I don't think you have a clear goal yet. So yeah, because that was horrific for a bit there. You just you just move from from area to area. Anyway, hey Jeb, what what have you been playing? He said, recognizing the length of the lag and realizing this is going to be a bit of a thing. Do we need to restart? This is going to be a bit of a thing. Help. It's just a laggy day. It's a laggy, mm-hmm. laggy day. <sighs> well, video games that I have been playing. Hmm. Um. Destiny 2 came out. <clears throat> Sorry, did I say something? That, it sure did. Oh, I'm playing that. Uh, it's real good. Is there? I feel like I'm missing a joke here. <laughs> I, no, I believe just... the source of the joke is Destiny is a huge event and Jeb is very low-keying it. Yeah, that's basically what's going on. It's, it's them playing Destiny 2. It's real good. Um, yeah, you shoot the mans and the mans fall down. Uh, and it's gorgeous. And it sounds amazing. And it's surprisingly so, funny. Um, so, Jeb, a question for you. With what? Destiny 1, one of the gameplay styles that was pointed out is that most of your weapons that you use are hit-scan weapons. You pull the trigger and a bullet and a projectile travels instantaneously to the point you're aiming at. But most enemies were using projectile weapons, so they were big, visible, obvious things that came at you which meant that while you were trying for things to recharge or to recover health, you were mostly moving around and weaving, whereas when you were actually shooting things, you were very much getting instantaneous reactions and testing out how you affected enemies. Now, that's Chris Franklin's summary of the play experience, and I always thought that that sounded really cool. Is it, one, does that bear out with your experience with Destiny, and two, does this seem to be continued in Destiny 2? Yeah, sounds about right. Nice. Are you going to do a first-person shooter? That sounds like a good way to do it. (laughs) Well, there are a lot of... Like, the funny thing is that most first-person shooters these days treat hit-scan weapons as either something everyone has or something 
no one has so you get games like like tower of guns where all the guns shoot slow projectiles that you can dodge and that's that's part of it this genre it wants to make it a bullet hell but then you get the Call of Duty style games where just everyone has hit scan weapons, which means cover is super duper important for everything. Yeah. Now, you see, what I like about Destiny 2 is running at people at full speed and punching them. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more! Well, you see, uh, playing as uh, the Titan with the subclass of Striker, one of the abilities that I have unlocked is uh, when I punch an enemy, I regain ammo. So basically, I'm playing as the Doom Marine. I don't see the slightest bit of logic there, but I like it. <laughs> Punch someone so hard their soul turns into bullets. <laughs> I want that superpower. Yeah, uh, Destiny 2 is real good. I'll probably talk about it more. Uh, but, uh, Swerve, uh, the other <laughs> thing that I have been playing lately um, is Abduction, which I finished. Mm, the, thing, the thing I pronounce badly. Hey? Yes. No. <laughs> What are we playing? Abduction. And, See, and the story of abdu- the story of abduction, the setting of abduction is that uh, several people across multiple worlds uh, have been abducted, and uh, their abdu- their abduction has led them to a place where the their several planets have been abducted, and having been abducted to the abduction, you two are then set to. Uh, counteract the abduction and find out what happened to the people who were abducted. Well, my brain hurts. You're fucking with me, aren't you? No, I did find out what the word abduction means, though. (laughs) (laughs) I was just about to ask that. You know, for a friend. (laughs) For something to be abducted is to have something layered over top of it. Painted over, in a way. No, layered. Specifically layered. Such that they kind of move together. (laughs) Ah... They kind of bleed oh, it's together. A geolo- kind of... It's a geology term. Yes. Uh, abduction is... Uh, so now that I've gotten like the silly... Lamination? The silly... It's like lamination, yes. <laughs> I thought I was going to get made fun of. Uh, the, the joke uh, assessment of the, the, the story itself. Abduction is, of course, the new game from Cyan Worlds, the makers of Mist. And Mist is the oh. thing that I have uh, played a whole bunch of. They, they successfully kickstarted that a couple years ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it got made, which is also super cool. Does this a grand comeback style of thing, or have they just been plugging away the whole time? Uh, they've been plugging away for quite some time. Just hit and miss. That's cool. And I suspect that hopefully, to some extent, Kickstarter was a, a, a tool that let them step up and say, all right, we're actually going to have like some investment uh, and, and worry less about making something that keeps the lights on now. Well, to be fair, I don't think that the people who made Mist had to worry about keeping the lights on. That's a good point. They're uh, they're doing fine. Yeah, they're, you know, best-selling game of all time until the well, Sims came out. That's kind of what I... You know? mm. But also the constant stream of re-releases of Mist and Riven and everything. Like they were, they're they're doing okay. They're they're doing they're, they're doing they're doing they're doing well. <laughs> um, fair enough. Abduction is very very much like a Mist game, and I love it so much. It even has really, really shitty FMVs. <laughs> it has really shitty FMV people talking to you. It's great. <laughs> they have a like, type. Uh, they, well, they, they do their thing well, and it's uh, I, I just love it. Uh, you like the one, the one person that you interact with. You know, you you interact through, with him. 
through a door, and uh, the door you just see in the window, it's just a shitty FMV. It's great. <laughs> uh, there's, uh, gosh, some of the, some of the, my favorite stuff in there I, I don't really want to talk about because it's kind of spoilery, and I don't know if anybody else is going to play it. <laughs> reasonable. Because uh, there's one thing that's absolutely wonderful. Reasonable. <laughs> oh, yeah? Uh, can, can you give me an idea of the kind of feeling it evokes as far as wonder? Is it a matter of the game doing something really clever? Does it make you feel really clever? Is it seeing two pieces come together in a way that's really emotionally satisfying? It's funny. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, it's... All right. Yeah, I can't, I can't really describe it because it would be a spoiler. Um, but it is very much Return to the Form. It's very much a missed game. You can even find a missed book. Wonderful. As an Easter egg. We were going to talk about the thing, but then lag happened. Yeah, pretty much. We wanted to do a, a segment talking about Mist, but it just appears to be a bad internet day for both sides of this particular conversation. So we're going to jump straight to the retro gaming news to try... Because when you're laggy, what you really want is a game where people have to be able to respond quickly and promptly. Yeah. I mean, jokes and quiz show. That, you, you don't need to respond quickly for that. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't matter anyway. Jeb always gets them before I do. I've heard of some comedians who use timing, and they're all cowards. <laughs> Show yourselves. And now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's here to print for the month of September 2016. Don't you lie? Lag. A <laughs> The finest internet broadcasting speeds 1999 can muster. It's Australia. Da 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 da. Lag. Just one year ago. <laughs> He's turned it to his advantage. He's made it a source of his power. He's made it funny. He's feeding on the lag. <laughs> People think that Jeb's just joking around, but they have no idea how powerful he is. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So we first up have a game that was mentioned in our yearly roundup. It's a it's a small indie game. It's a branching folktale adventure. Uh, it has a mostly positive feedback on Steam, so we're not talking about any kind of major train wreck. And its name is just a very pointed description of what it's about. Yes, Fox? I have a question. Yes? Uh, what year are we in again? 2016. I'm sorry. I'm always... Whenever you do the intro, I'm always thinking about the... The sponsor line, so I yeah. just, I always miss the <laughs> September 2016, <laughs> one year ago. Yeah, uh, okay. Branching folktale adventure. Yeah. Actual folktale or in the mold of a folktale? I believe it's a Scandinavian folktale. Early men at sea. There he goes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, it was Burly men at sea, which is $10 on Steam, looks really pretty and lovely, and... At first, I thought all the characters were facing away from the camera with a bag slung over their shoulder. Turns out, no. That's their, That's their beard. <laughs> See, the beards are back here. It's fucking amazing. It's so good. <laughs> we were sailing for adventure and heroic feats when this colossal whale fellow scooped us up, explained Steady Beard. It's really very discouraging. <laughs> Yeah, I have to be for any game where one of the characters is just named Steady Beard. Alright. Uh, that's bullshit. Why is this in the list? It came out in January. <laughs> oh, okay, the Vita release. Retro well, Gaming that. News has a glitch. Yep. Uh, we have a platforming indie game developed by Landfall Games and published by Tiny Build. It's 
pretending to swear in its name. Uh, uh, Stealth Bastard 2. Nope, not Stealth Bastard 2. Uh, you are moving quickly along a series of platforms that are themselves also moving at speed. Pretending to use a real swear or pretending to use one of your baby Christians? No, no, a real swear. Okay. It the whole the whole game is title rhymes with a commonly regarded swear term, like a fuck up. I got nothing. I I may not have heard of this one. I know you've heard of this one. Damn. I'm going to give Jeb another shot, and then I'm going to give the answer. I got nothing. Cluster truck. Oh, all right. That's yeah. a real swear. I had no idea that was Tiny Build. No. <laughs> Developed by Landfall, published by Tiny Build. That didn't come out last year. Yeah, it did. Microsoft Windows OS X, Linux, <laughs> PlayStation 4, and Xbox One, 27th September 2016. There might have been earlier builds that got released, but its official release was last year. Now, what was this thing that was on the Vita? I thought that was this year. Uh, Darkest Dungeon. Ah. Mm, yeah, I, th- I, I thought Cluster Truck was younger than that, but uh, yeah. Next up. <clears throat> We have an action-adventure platform game developed by Sanzaru Games and is part of a spin-off franchise of another series. It is one of three games in this particular spin-off franchise group, and it also has a cartoon series. It was originally planned for release in 2015. It was released, released in North America and Europe in September 2016 and in Australia and Japan a month later. This game received mixed reviews from critics, but was considered better than the other two games released in the same franchise that year. It's a spin-off of another franchise that got its own cartoon series. Yes, using some very well-known characters. Is this the Naruto spin-off with, uh, what's his name? (laughs) Baruto's dad? No, this isn't about that. That's not a spin-off anyway. That's a sequel. Um, No, no, I was was talking about... I was talking about Sandboy. Yeah, no, not that one. Um, this this is actually perennial friend of the show character. Like this, we've talked about this. We've talked about this a lot. In fact, sometimes when nothing else is going on, we'll talk about this franchise. So it's Sonic. <laughs> yeah, you know that Knights isn't a spinoff. From no, Sonic, it's right? okay, no, it's good. not. No, it's not. It is, however, considered a subgroup of the main game using the characters in a particular way in like one particular style. Uh, and it gets a cartoon. Uh, like a web cartoon? Oh, wait, did they release no, an actual the, cartoon. Like a cartoon release, with a TV release. Did, did they release the third Sonic Boom game last year? They did indeed release the third Sonic Boom game last year in September. Sonic Boom is considered a spin-off oh. of Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, that's bullshit. I don't make the rules. I just read Wikipedia that's and cr- pretend you I'm like authoritative. Taking characters, for, you're making me think it's like some kind of B-list character that they've spun. No, no, it's not a fucking spinoff. Yeah, um, it. Well, they consider it a spinoff, and yes, it was considered much better than Shattered Crystal and Rise of Lyric. Yeah, you know what? They consider it a spinoff now because. It didn't get popular because <laughs> they fucked it up. Because they always fuck it up. Uh, sadly, there is a ro- there is a character in in this particular game who I honestly think would probably make quite a sympathetic one. Uh, Defect, a rejected robot Eggman. <laughs> like, could think there, there should be a redemption arc around anyone called Defect. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we have a sequel to a turn based strategy game that was considered very gone 
as a franchise, this was considered very gone, and then it came back, and now it has helped to define what you're allowed to XCOM do with turn-based strategy games. Yes, the release of XCOM 2. Uh, yeah, it, one, I believe Jeb's mentioned this in the past, it's the game that follows on from when you lost the previous game. Side <laughs> boots not a fucking spit <laughs> Fox, still mad about Wikipedia. <laughs> Alright, next up, we have a not-success... From a failure! This is an action-adventure platform video game developed by a studio whose primary job was coming up with ideas rather than products, and it was subject to a lot of controversy, and there was a lot of people very mad about this getting made and getting released in the timetable it did. It was published by Microsoft Studios for Windows and Xbox One. It also just wasn't very great, it, it didn't receive a ton of critical praise. Um, <clears throat> now, it was... Is this when Mighty Number no. 9 came out? <clears throat> you are close. You, it is indeed why people were mad, but it's not Mighty Number no. 9. And it was developed by Is it Recore? Sorry, Concept. Yes, it's Recore. The... So, and yeah, that okay. was kind of mad. That was Concept? <laughs> yeah. Ah. Yep. Concept, it made a game where you could run around with a robot dog. Where have I seen Recall? Lately? It made it it's boring. On... Oh, uh, on the Windows Store. That's right. There, it's, there's a definitive edition release. Yeah. Um, just like what? It, it, it just appears <laughs> to be a completely mediocre game, un- uh, remarkable only in the degree to which the person who was putting himself forward as being responsible for its creation had people mad at him. <laughs> and how impressive it is that they fucked it up. How do you fuck up a game where you're a girl with a robot dog? In a Metroidvania. I, I, I can not. tell you how. <laughs> Jeb, please, tell us what you know. Well, for starters, you have to play tug-of-war with every single boss. <laughs> I mean, that could be fun. That sounds like it could be fun. <laughs> Narrative voice. It wasn't. I, I play a game where the boss fights were tug-of-war matches. <laughs> this sounds adorable. Can I play a Munchlax? I'll win everything. <laughs> you have to do a really, really bad twin-stick tug-of-war game. In order to kill bosses. Every time. And if okay, you lose, you so take it, damage. It's just a shitty not Multiple fun times. gimmick. Multiple times. Mm-hmm. Multiple times. Multiple times. If you fail, you die. And that means you have to reload. Load times for a recall were recorded as sometimes as long as four minutes. <laughs> Man. I'm just a ma- like, you, I mean, you, you get it's robot bits really and stick them in your boring. dog, right? That's part of the idea? Yep. You get your dog's AI core and you stick them into your into robots. Oh, no. So they get to behave like your dog for a little bit and then you take the core out and put it back in your dog. Here we go. Okay. Please listen to the person who's actually played it. (laughs) You you do, in fact, get pieces of your dog and you you swap in and out robot parts for your dog. That is a thing you do in that game. And it's still boring. I'm thinking like a hell of a lot more Shadow of the Colossus. Like giant robot bosses and you that you can climb on them and like find specific bits and be like, I'm taking that <laughs> you know, wedge it out of there with a with a spanner or whatever. Steal it, make it into a jetpack. You see where I'm going with this. <laughs> um Build your own rush. And uh the game the game was endorsed and compared positively to Mega Man Legends and Metroid Prime by Keiji Inafune. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> At a certain point, you've got to respect the man's... No, 
Nope. <laughs> do you though? Do you really? I don't think you do. <laughs> I endorse this product as, I had made. As, <laughs> I, as someone who still loves Peter Molyneux for Peter Molyneux's <laughs> sake, I do appreciate <laughs> the brashness of KG Itafune to say this shit. Yeah. It is just great. <laughs> <laughs> you think anyone will notice that I signed my own diploma? Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's probably fine. And I mean, it's not like he's wrong. Like he can he can absolutely say, "I feel that this is like these things I like." There is completely legit. It's just wow, man. There are a lot of people quite annoyed at you right now. <laughs> uh, can we walk this into a t-shirt design somehow? <laughs> You can leave space for the for the person to. Can we have that? Can we make that as our official model? Can we make that as our official motto? I really like this thing that I like. I heartily. Yes. I heartily endorse this excellent podcast that I made. <laughs> no, I, I I think we'll use the other one as well. Um, <clears throat> so, from one auteur work which drew some criticism. <laughs> To another auteur work that drew some criticism, released in... uh, Now, this game was not released wholesale in September 2016. It was actually released in uh, January 2016, and it got a subsequent re-release on... uh, Sorry, this... this, uh, The the interface is a little bit confusing here. Um, Did it spend countless years in beta first? uh, No, actually, this game kind of just... It, it didn't come out of nowhere, but it was very much, oh, hey, that thing I've been working on forever, it'll be out in two weeks. Um, uh, it came out on the Xbox Online, uh, sorry, the Xbox One on September, in September 2016. And does the auteur fall into the awful dickbag camp or just the kind of a doofus camp? This author is complicated enough that I don't feel comfortable making too broad a joke. Okay, so um, a complicated D4. doofus. There are, there are criticisms... Yeah, well, no, 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 not D four. There are criticisms of this author, but of this auteur, but I do feel that he's definitely number one in some books. I I like this guy on some level, even if I don't like the games he's made. Broadly speaking, um, I don't want to be seen too extensively taking the piss. All right, well, that is an interesting combination of thoughts. <laughs> he thinks explosions are shit. <laughs> oh, oh, right, that's um. <laughs> Not David Cage, the other one. Jonathan Blow. <laughs> Jonathan Blow. Which means this game, Jeb, is? Ah, uh, The Witness. Yeah. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, well, it's okay. It's lines. Yeah. So many lines. All the line puzzles. What if What if one of your line puzzles, mm-hmm. what if your solution to the line puzzle was itself a line puzzle? Wow. <laughs> it does... I mean, if I had to try and conceptualize a game uh, where it was totally believable that some people found it to be an incredible experience and some people were like, this is utter shit. <laughs> this is exactly the kind of game I would picture. The Witness's development started in 2009, shortly after the release of Braid. It got released in 2016. So it took some time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you know, that's fine. I don't, like... Games having as long a development cycle as they need is... I, I make fun of it, but I did like the Witness. It, it strikes me as one of those mile-wide pie kind of things. <laughs> For most people, you're going to look at it and go, that, 
even if I like this, there's just too much of this. But for there are some people who are just like, oh my god, I get all the pie. <laughs> I, I, I don't think anyone could actually eat a mild wide, but like hygiene would be the main concern, <laughs> if nothing else. Maybe you have a mild wide kitchen. I don't know. That's just that's this that's the same thing as it was with the witness, though. <laughs> and some people clearly ate the whole pie, though. Some yeah. people clearly enjoyed the whole pie. And and there is some I can't imagine wanting that much pie. And there are some access concerns, and there are some not great some asshole behaviors concerns on Blow's part. Yeah, uh, so it's a pie with some allergens in it. <laughs> anyway, I'm stretching this metaphor a little thin. Yeah. But I did have to make it a mall wide in my defense. <laughs> I mean, so is the pie. All right. The pie is also stretched real thin. <laughs> it's only a mile wide. It's, it's like 15 centimeters long. And moving on. Best of luck to you. <laughs> He's going to escape this pie metaphor if it's the last thing he does. Yep. Uh, this game was released in Japan in September 2016, but it didn't come out in English until April 2017. Uh, this game's translation was troubled and the source of some controversy the game's actual premise is anarchic thieves stealing from capitalism so it's persona persona five five, yeah yeah it's persona five four is the one that already existed yeah i lose track and based on the lag you two got that at the same time so well done uh yeah persona five seems to be something that some people love dearly and also has a whole bunch of technical stuff that needs fixing. It seems about as likable and problematic as basically all the Persona games, so I guess they delivered. <laughs> Alright, and last 2016 September game. Uh, and I, I don't know if Jeb knows this one, so I'm not going to do like a guessing game here thing. What? I just want to... <laughs> Come on, I can get one first for once. You you would not get this one. Well, oh, okay. You get, would not. Guess it. Give Fox a chance. Right. Give Fox so, a chance. Give right. Fox a chance. All Give right, Fox right. a chance. <laughs> Don't say Fox does not want to overpromise. All right. This game is an anti-adventure game about picking up trash in an alien bazaar. You... Oh shit! I do know this one, but I don't know what it's called. Holy You're playing it, right? No, I did not get to play this game yet. Oh, I don't okay. know this game. Um, play as the janitor. An Alain C. girl beast with a municipally subsidized trash incineration job and dreams of leaving the planet of Zabran's rock far behind her. Yeah, no, I'm sure I know about this game. Mm. But I have no idea what it's called. The most recent update to this game was in the 18th of March, which was patch 317, now with more gender. <laughs> Doesn't seem like a good thing, necessarily. In this game, your character periodically uh, builds up dysphoria over time because their gender doesn't work for them so you go to one of the gender booths and you get a new gender there are over 500 genders so none of them work you just keep getting dysphoria yeah yeah so you, you're probably just gender fluid is probably. that how that works i burn i don't know one of the one of the sub things of this particular game is the idea that you exist in systems that demand of you and you can never perfectly meet all of them this is absolutely definitely the game i was thinking of it's called diaries of a spaceport janitor. So what's your confident Jeb wouldn't have gotten that? I wasn't. That's why I said I don't know if Jeb's got this. I don't know if Jeb's seen this one. But nope. I think that if I read out the details of this, either Jeb would be like, yes, I know this because it's such a distinctive thing. Yeah. Or 
what the fuck are you talking about, Talon, you fucking weirdo? I'm pretty <laughs> sure we talked about it on the show before, because I don't know where else I would have heard about it. Uh, one of the many, many, many places I listen to online. I know Ian Frank, uh, sorry, Chris Franklin at Campster has done, um, uh, has done a, uh, a, a, a video on it, and it's quite good. But yeah, it's, um, it, it's a weird little thing, and, it, and it's a, a year old now. Congratulations, Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor. Anyway, uh, yeah, and that, and that's, uh, that is the rough summary of what I grabbed from this particular period. Other stuff that came out last year that didn't seem particularly worth commenting on is the Bioshock Collection. <clears throat> Minecraft Story Mode Episode 8. Cossacks 3, again. Yeah. <laughs> and Tokyo Twilight Ghost Hunters Daybreak Special Gigs. Okay. I know nothing about that game. No. Anyway, and hey, we've almost managed to womp this up to 50 minutes, so go us. <laughs> All right. It's a lag. That's like seven days. Yeah. <clears throat> that was fun. It was truncated out during the edit, right? Dead dead silence gets truncated out of the out of the edit, but um yeah. So like the empty spots caused by lag. Yeah, the empty spots caused by lag go away. And that's good. Yeah. So we're the only ones who have to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> Cro- cross talk still happens and that needs to get dealt with, but the thing sure. is there's always almost always a silence to just jam that into. The the really weird effect of lag and Hi the listener, you're probably gonna get this. Um, just because content, uh, inside podcast, podcast insights is because we are reacting to the same thing, but Jeb's on a delay or we're reacting to Jeb and Jeb has to wait for us to respond to him. That means that what usually happens is trailing sentences. The sort of I like, live oh, in oh. the past. Yeah. <laughs> well, you do anyway. You're in Canada. Jeb's a time traveler. The Langoliers are going to get me. Oh no. It occurs to me I don't know how far, because, like, Canada must have a lot of time zones, right? It's pretty big, I hear. <laughs> Several. The, six. Uh, six. The, 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 side, the side effect of all this is to say that the listener probably gets us sounding more or less natural, more or less normal, but there will be points where someone will have broached a point and lost it by the time we get back to it. And that's just conversational. So there you go, the listener, a little bit of free podcasting information. <laughs> the other thing is... Uh, for all that we've been doing a lot of pausing and a lot of waiting. Unless you're a Patreon supporter, in which case it's not free. Yeah, good point. <laughs> it's still, I mean, it's still free. It's, uh, it, it's donated for. That, that's different. That's it. It's, it's patronized. <laughs> I know I'm being very patronizing with this information. The, uh, the aggregate of all those silences is much less than you'd think. Like I like when we started, our dead air wound up cutting seven or eight minutes out of the podcast. Even now, with laggy episodes, it's the aggregate one of minute silence looks times. like a yeah. fucking wow. band. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That's some really artistic experimental shit. Yeah. Do you like chanting? No, no, they're not chanting. They're doing like they're they're Philip Glassy. Well, okay, there's, there's a lot of chanting involved there, but. Uh, this rhymes with the Tism song Intermission, where they got a choir together and got them all to imagine the the principal idea of the most single quintessential note that they could ever record on their instrument of choice, and then not play it. Oh, you say, and then they all played them together, and it sounded like a fucking mess. Cause... No, no. The, the the claim, and I don't believe them, is that Tism had an entire orchestra for the song Intermission, which is Dead Silence. Right. And they just had them sit there. Yeah, they probably made that up. I'm pretty confident they made that up. 
I mean, they would do it if it was a live show. Oh, absolutely. Well, well I, is just a recording. I have a, I, I have, I, I, I do that every day. <laughs> every single day of just my honest. life, I have an orchestra not play any music for me whatsoever. <laughs> All right, I think we got. I think I think we'll do the wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to do it artistically by not doing a wrap up. That was Fox. No, we're we're, de- we're definitely doing a wrap up. <laughs> Thank you very much for paying attention to us this week. The listener, as always, our work is in part supported by you on Patreon. We thank you for it greatly. It lets us do some cool things that we weren't otherwise able to do and lets us do it without being so scared of something going wrong. <laughs> as ever always, and on a slight delay, that was, that was Jeb. And that was Vox. <laughs> that was Vox. Tune in next time where hopefully that was Fox. <laughs> You and that was Jeff. uncertain about it now. <laughs> <laughs>